0: following audio drama
1: is
2: rated PG for parental guidance. You should experience lots of explosions with no body parts. Parents should be ready to cover their ears.
3: Uh, they don't appear to be, uh, every... This is who can support your production. All right, yeah. and entertainment is always free. Like, <laughs>
0: Time for the Broken Sea Audio Production OTR Swagcast. Cast.
1: the Swagcast. This is Lothar Tuppen, and Bill has asked me to introduce this week's show, which is going to feature three episodes of what is one of the best old-time radio shows ever, Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke is one of those long-running classic old-time radio shows that everyone knows and remembers. It's also one that is still respected for its high values in all aspects. Gunsmoke first aired on the CBS Network on April 26, 1952, billed as the first adult western. It was set in Dodge City, Kansas of the 1870s. The main character, Matt Dillon, was played by William Conrad. On August 6, 1951, William Conrad played the lead in a show called Bogosa in the series Romance, where he played the part of a reluctant sheriff in a tough western town. Although not a true audition, Conrad's character role is very close to that of Matt Dillon in Gunsmoke. It was one of the stepping stones towards the production of Gunsmoke. Other regular characters were Chester Proudfoot, played by Parley Bayer, Kitty, played by Georgia Ellis, and Doc Adams, played by Howard McNear. The series featured top-notch acting and well-developed scripts that set it apart from many other shows, not only Westerns. However, it was the sound effects that stood out the most. Listen carefully and one can hear many levels of sound that really helps transport the listener back to the Old West. Besides the U.S. version, there was an Australian production of Gunsmoke. It began sometime in 1955, transcribed under the Artransa label and aired Mondays at 7 p.m. for the Macquarie Network. It's not known how many shows aired or how long the series ran. Now today we've got three classic episodes for you. Home Surgery, Kitty, and Cabin. Enjoy.
4: Around Dark City and in the Territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers... And that's with the U.S. Marshal and the smell of Gun Smoke. Gun Smoke. Starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal.
5: They told us a man we'd been looking for, a murderer, was in a cow camp on the North Fork of the Canadian River, about a hundred miles south of Dodge. So Chester and I rode down to take a look. We found a fellow there with a right name, but the wrong face. So we started back. First night, we camped in a dry, buffalo-rutted depression. The next morning, I woke shortly after daybreak to find Chester already cooking breakfast.
6: Morning, Mr. Dillon. Meat will be done soon.
5: The coffee made, Chester, That's what I need. It's
6: boiling. I didn't make much, though. I thought I'd better save our water.
5: You know, Chester, I'll bet right now the doc's back there in St. Louis, holed up in some fancy hotel, and still asleep.
6: (laughs) That's quite a thought, sir. Yeah. Him right in the middle of St. Louis and us way out here on the prairie.
5: (laughs) I bet he's even got sheets on his bed. I wouldn't be surprised, mister Dillon.
6: Doc said this was one vacation he was gonna splurge on. <laughs> he's riding the Santa Fe both ways. Huh? Well, meat's done. I cleaned off this rock here to cut it
0: on. Oh, good. Uh...
5: Oh, you got it warm, anyway, Chester. Well,
6: now, meat shouldn't be overcooked, Mr. Dillon. That takes a taste clean out of it.
5: I then we ought to be able to taste everything about this, steer. Eggman's disappointment.
6: How's that, Mr. Dillon?
5: (sighs) Never mind, Chester. How come you woke up so early this morning?
6: Oh, I always do. Seems as soon as it gets daylight, my feet start to sweat, and then I just got to get up.
5: (laughs) Well, that's as good a reason as any, I guess. Wow. Looks like we got company, Chester.
6: What? Oh. Where?
5: Right out there. Heading straight for us.
6: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some cowboy, probably.
5: I don't know. He doesn't ride quite like a cowboy.
6: Why, well, it's just a kid, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> sure needs a haircut. <laughs> well, say, Mr. Dillon, it's a girl.
5: Now, what could she be doing out here? I'm carrying a rifle, too. Well, uh, get on, miss, and have some coffee.
7: Who are you, Mister?
5: Hi, this is Chester Proudfoot, and I'm Matt Dillon. How do you do?
7: You rustlers or what?
5: <laughs> uh, not exactly. I'm the U.S. Marshal out of Dodge, ma'am.
7: U.S. Marshal? Oh, that's good.
4: It is. Why?
7: I need help, Mister Marshal. My daddy's awful sick.
5: Sick? Look, well, where is your daddy?
7: We got a homestead about a mile over that rise back there.
5: Oh, what's he sick with?
7: It's his leg, Mr. Marshall. A horse threw him and his saddle both in the corral, and then it stepped on his foot. Now his whole leg's all funny. He's got a fever, too.
5: Mr. Downing, that sounds like. Yeah, I know, Chester. Uh, tell me, miss, when the horse stepped on him, did it cut his foot, uh, break the skin anywhere?
7: Just a scratch. Tory's boot off, though. Oh. Please, Mr. Marshall, please come see him. I'm scared the way his leg is and everything.
5: Well, sure, sure we'll come. Your mother with him now?
7: I don't have a mother, Mr. Marshall.
5: Oh. Well, then, what are you doing out here if your daddy's sick?
7: We ran out of meat about three days ago, and I don't have anything to feed him.
5: Oh. All right. Uh, Chester, I'll write back with... Uh, uh, what is your name, anyway?
7: Tara. Tara Hantree. Oh. I'll be 16 next January. Well,
5: that's, that's fine. Uh, We'll go back to the Hantry place, Chester. You scatter around for some meat. All right, sir. And if you don't find any antelope, shoot the first calf, you see. Anybody's calf. I'll do it, Mr. Dillon. <laughs>
7: in the sleeping room, Mr. Marshall. No. Daddy. <laughs> Daddy, I found a man, and he's going to help us. And, Daddy, he's a Marshal, a U.S. Marshal.
5: Matt Dillon, Mr. Hantry. Uh, how are you feeling?
2: Dillon, I've heard of you. You're from Dodge, aren't
5: you? <laughs> That's right.
2: Well, Marshal, I... Ain't feeling so good. My my foot don't hurt no more, but it and my leg is all sort of... Well, it ain't pretty.
5: I don't know much about these things, but maybe i better take a look at it anyway, huh? Sure. Sure,
2: Marshal. There. There she is. Uh, all right, you can cover it up. I was in the war, Marshal. I know what gangrene is guess you do, too,
5: huh? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, the first thing, uh, a friend of mine is out getting you some meat and then we'll load you in your wagon. Well,
7: and w- ben took the wagon. What? Ben Walling. He took the wagon when Daddy got hurt. He said he'd find a doctor and bring him back.
5: Well, who's Ben Walling?
7: Oh, he, he's been sort of working here, Mr. Marshall. I
5: should have run him off long ago. That's what. Well, where is he? What'd he take the wagon for? Where's he going to find a doctor around here anyway? closest doctors in Dodge, I know of. Yeah, and he's in St. Louis and he won't be back for a couple of weeks. I couldn't get to him anyway. Well, tell me, when did this happen?
7: About six days ago, Mr. Marshall. Uh-huh. Ben left the day after.
5: Well, you think he's coming back? Did he steal the wagon or what? He, he comes
2: back here and me not able to get around. I, I don't know what I'll do. I ought to take a bull with now, him. take it easy, it's Mr. Hans. Take him. A...
5: He won't cause any trouble, so don't you get all worked up. Uh, Tara, we'll uh, let him get some rest, huh? All right. Uh, We'll have some food for you soon, Mr. Hantry.
2: I ain't very hungry.
5: Tara, what's he so riled up about this Ben Walling for? What's between them?
7: Oh, it's nothing, Mr. Marshall. Daddy's sick and... That's all.
5: Look, Tara, you asked me to help you, didn't you?
7: Yes, but...
5: You trust me, don't you?
7: All right, Mr. Marshall. Daddy hates Ben because Ben... Well, Ben likes me.
5: Oh, I see.
7: He even wanted to marry me. Said he would.
5: How do you feel about Ben, Tara? You like him?
7: No. Of course, it's time I had a man and all that, but I'm afraid of Ben, Mr. Marshall. It's like there's something wrong with him. He's always sneaking around when you don't expect him. (sighs) Makes me uneasy like...
5: Well, we won't worry about Ben now. You you stay here in case your daddy wants anything. I'll go outside and wait for Chester.
7: Mr. Marshall, Hmm? I'm awful glad you're here.
5: We'll see it through, Tara. Don't you worry.
7: I won't. Now.
5: I went outside and walked over to the small corral that stood nearby. There I rolled a smoke and looked out across the flat distances of the prairie. And I wondered how anyone could survive in all that emptiness. Hand lying on his bed back there in the house. He wouldn't survive. The prairie got to him all right. And its vast loneliness had put him out of reach of any help. And Tara, what could she do out here in this endless land of grass? I was glad to get my mind off it when Chester rode in with an antelope across his saddle. We hung it on the corral, dressed it, took a hind quarter into Tara... And we went back outside and sat down. Yes, sir. She's a plucky girl, Mr. Yeah, Dillon. Yeah, fine girl, Chester. Yeah,
6: but this Ben fella, I just don't understand his going off with the wagon like that. Well, it doesn't
5: matter much now. Entry won't last than a day or two, anyway. It's that bad, is it? Yeah, blood poisoning, Chester. As soon as it reaches his heart, he's done for.
6: Well, isn't there any way to stop it?
5: Yeah, Sure. Cut his leg off. Oh.
6: Too bad Doc isn't here. Yeah. Would that stop it, Mr. Dillon, uh, cutting his leg off, of I me? Mean?
5: I don't know, Chester. I don't know. Maybe too late anyway. I, well,
6: I sure wish we could do something for him. I don't take to just sitting around and waiting for a man to die. Well, nobody does. It isn't right somehow, huh? that that poor fella and, and Tara. Why, why, Mr. Dillon, that girl will go crazy out here all alone. All
5: right, Chester. What do you want me to do about it? I'm not a doctor. Now, shut up.
6: Well, I... Mr. Dillon, you could do it. I know you could. Do what? Be a doctor. Long enough to save Mr. Hantry's life, are anyway. you out of your
5: head? No, sir. Then what are you talking like that for? The most I ever did was doctor a horse for the colic. That's fine training for this, isn't I it? I
6: know. I couldn't do it. I just plain don't have the spirit.
5: But you do. Oh, why didn't I leave you back in Dodge?
6: It wouldn't have mattered anyway, Mr. Dillon, because you would never just stand by and let a man die.
5: Let's go talk to him,
6: Chester. Thank you, Mr. Dillon.
7: These fever's worse, Mr. Marshall. I'm going to get some more water.
5: How do you feel, Mr. Henry? I don't
2: feel much, Marshall. Outside of burning up. I've been trying to tell Tara I just can't last long with blood poisoning. She's just got to figure on it. Well, that's what I
5: came to talk to you about. I... I guess you know the only thing that'll give you a chance. I know. I've been thinking about it, but I couldn't ask any man to do that. You didn't ask me. Well, it's up to you, Mister Hantry. I'll, I'll try it if you're willing. Only thing is, I I
2: won't know much about what I'm doing. I seen it done in the Union Army, Marshal. I could tell you some things. All right. The only thing is, Marshal. I don't know. I'd be much use around here with one leg.
5: Well, you'll have to decide that for yourself. I know.
6: You could move to town, Mr. Hendry. You and Tara? That's
5: it, Tara. If it was just me, I wouldn't do it. But I can't leave Tara alone. Now, if I can help it, I I can't. Uh... All right, Marshal. Let's do it. You're a brave man. No. No, Marshal. I just don't have any choice. Come on. Let's get it over with. You got any liquor in the house?
2: There's a jug of corn out in the kitchen.
5: Get it, Chester. You can start drinking it while we're getting everything else
2: ready. Tell Tara to start boiling a lot of water.
5: Yeah.
2: I'll talk to her in a few minutes.
5: I'll be right back. Now, I want you to tell me everything that you know about this, Mr. Hanford. First, I'll tell you what you'll need. Mm-hmm. There's a straight iron
2: out by the corral somewhere. Yeah. You can heat it in the main room fireplace. Right. Now, what else? Tara will find some cloth for bandages, and the rest of the stuff you can get in the kitchen. Uh huh. The
5: only thing worrying me is what will we use to tie off the arteries with?
2: Plain thread won't hold.
5: Well. Uh, may- may- maybe some thin strips of rawhide.
2: No, they'd, they'd soak through. you got to have something... Uh, I I'd... know.
5: At least I think it'll work. What about horse hair? Oh, that's it, Marshal. Pull it off the tail. Yeah. Uh, well, it'll
6: work fine. Here's the judge, Mr. Handtree, and I brought you a cup, too. Pour me some. I want to get good and drunk. Here you are, Mr. Handtree. Sir. Uh, well... Uh.
2: You know, I ain't been drunk in the daytime since we got the news about
5: President Lincoln in the spring of 65. Uh, you better have your talk with Tara before that takes hold. Ask her to come in, will you? Come on, Chester, we got work to do. Yes, sir. Uh, good luck, Mr. Hamtree.
2: Thanks. Well, uh, Mar- Marshal? Yeah, Marshal? I'll try to make it easy for you. Yeah, sure.
5: Shortly after noon, I operated. Whether it was the corn whiskey or his own hard courage, I don't know. But Hantry never whimpered. Chester stood outside the door and brought me whatever I needed. Tara waited in the kitchen boiling more water and thinking her own thoughts. Maybe it was harder on her than any of us. Toward the end, Henry mercifully passed out. When I'd finally finished bandaging him, I was kind of faint myself. I'd done everything I could. I just hoped I'd done it right. How is he, Mr. Dillon? You'll have to clean up in there, Chester. I've got to get outside for some air. Yes, sir, I'll do it. And put that fire out. It's hot enough around here.
6: I don't know how you
5: did it, Mr. Dillon. Tara? Uh, Tara, will you come on outside for a while?
7: Is Daddy all right? Is he all right, Mr. Marshall?
5: It's all over, Tara. We'll just have to wait and see now. Uh, there now, Tara. He's all right.
8: I'm, I'm
7: sorry, but it took so long. I I thought you'd never finish.
5: He, he didn't feel much, Tara. The Corn liquor worked fine. Fine.
7: <laughs> Will he get well now?
5: Well, I I hope so, Terry. I, I hope so.
7: Mister Marshall, are are you gonna wait and see? Ah,
5: not Terry. You don't have to worry about that, Chester. And I'll be here as long as you need us.
7: Oh, I I just wanted to be sure. Can I can I go see Daddy now?
5: Well, uh, as soon as Chester comes out here, then you can.
7: All right, I'll wait, Mister Marshall.
6: beat me, Mr. Dillon, how he can just lay there so quiet and
5: peaceful. It's only been four or five hours, Chester. The liquor hasn't worn off yet.
6: He drank nearly the whole jug.
5: No, well, he needed it.
6: Mm. Uh, say, Mr. Dillon, look yonder. Huh? Somebody coming with a wagon.
5: Oh, yeah. It's probably that Ben Walling they were talking about.
6: I'll bet that's who it is, all right. Wonder what he'll have to say for himself.
5: Oh, you'll think of something, Chester. His kind always, too. You recognize him? No, sir. Do you? No, I never saw him before. Hello. What are you doing here? You've been walling. How'd you know? The hand trees, they've been wondering about you. Oh, yeah, sure. How's oh, old hand tree anyway. He's all right. He is, huh? You've been gone a long time, Ben. Where were you? I don't know you, mister, but you sure ask a lot of questions. You can answer them one at a time. Now, where were you? Who are you anyway, mister? I'm a U.S. Marshal.
4: There know no U.S. Marshals around here. There
5: is now. Generally, I'm in Dodge. Is your name Dylan? It is. Well, what are you
4: doing here, Marshal?
5: Tara ran into us, asked us to help. Seems the only able-bodied man around here took off in a wagon. I went to fetch a doctor. Anything wrong in that? Not at all. Where is he? Well, first night the
4: horses ran away, and I've been chasing them ever since. I didn't catch them till this morning. And then I've been gone so long, I thought I'd better get back to you right away. I was worried about Tara. And old Hantry, of course.
5: I see. Well, you better get your horses on Ben. You can see Tara later. She's in with her father now.
4: Gonna be all right, huh? I was kind of worried about that foot. Looked to me like it might have poison in it.
5: It did? What do you mean it did? I took his leg off about noon today.
6: You what? Mr. Dillon did it all by himself, just like a regular doctor. How'd
5: you know what to do? You might have killed him. Somebody had to do it, Ben. It's a sure thing Tara couldn't.
4: You're blaming me, ain't you? Well, I did everything I could. It's my fault those blasted horses run off.
5: Handtree's pretty sick, Ben. I wouldn't bother him for a day or two if I were you. Oh,
4: I won't bother him.
5: Oh, now look, Marshal. You can leave now. I'll
4: handle everything here.
5: We'll leave. Soon as Hantry's able to take care of himself again.
4: All right, stay as long as you like. I don't care. Mr. Mr. Dillon? Yeah.
6: I think that Ben is a
5: no-good liar. You're right on both counts, Chester. And I'll tell you something else. You see that saddle over there? Well, that belongs to Mr. Handtree. Yeah, I know. I looked at it this noon. Somebody cut the cinch strap on it. Cut the cinch strap? Mm-hmm. Well, one of that bronc bucked him and the saddle off
6: both. Well, do you think Tara did it? Oh, my goodness gracious. No, Mr. Dillon. Tara would never do a thing like that to her own... It
5: was Ben, wasn't it? That'd be my guess. He figured the old man'd get hurt, maybe killed. Why, sir? So he'd have a free hand with Tara.
6: Why is that low down, Mister Dillon? Let me arrest
5: him. Not yet, Chester. There's plenty of time. All right, sir. I'll wait. It wasn't as much time as I figured. Antree had a bad night, and by morning he was so weak he couldn't lift his head. I tried to take his pulse, but I could hardly find it. Maybe... Maybe I'd operated too late. Maybe the poison had already moved up into his body. I didn't know. I had no way of knowing. So there was nothing to do now but wait. Want some
6: more coffee, Mr. Dillon?
5: Yeah, thank you, Chester. We'll fill it up, huh?
6: Tara won't eat anything at all, sir. She just sat there by his bed, hasn't slept a
5: wink, I know of. Well, it's her father, Chester. He's all she's got.
6: I never thought much about it before, Mr. Dillon, but seeing Tara, I kind of wish
5: I had a daughter. You'd have to change your profession if you were going to take care of a daughter, Chester. Why, I... I don't have any profession, Mr. Dillon. Oh,
7: Mr. Marshall.
5: Uh, yeah, what is it, Tara?
7: Please, please, Tom. Daddy wants you. I, I think he... he
5: You better come too, Chester. Yes, sir. It's Matt Dillon, Mr. Hendry. Can you hear me? Marshall. I can't hold out no more. Now, don't say that. You keep fighting, man, you'll pull through. no. Marshal,
2: I'm going to die.
7: Oh, Daddy. Daddy.
2: Tara. It's about Tara, Marshal. Don't leave her here. Ben Walling, he's no good. He'll try to keep her. Now, don't you worry
5: about Ben Walling, Mr. Hansry. I promise you he won't get anywhere near Tara. Now or ever.
2: Thanks, Marshal. He's a bad one. Tara can't stay here alone. She can't. Work this place. It's a
5: bad way to die. Not knowing. Now, I want you to listen to me. Listen to me now. Yeah. I promise you something else, too. I'll take care of Tara. I'll see she's all right. I'll see she's cared for. Now, I promise that.
6: I thank you, Marshal. I
8: sure... Where's Tara? Daddy.
7: I'm right here. Daddy.
8: Tara. Come on, Chester. Daddy. Daddy. Daddy.
6: I don't know, Mr. Dillon. I don't think they'd have made out on this place anyway.
5: Why not, Chester?
6: Well, there just isn't enough water. That one little old spring is all I've got.
5: Well, if they had a lake, it'd still be too much for Tara. What are we going to do with her, Mr. Dillon? I don't know, Chester. We'll have to think of something,
6: though. My, I wish she'd come out of that house. I don't like it, her in
5: there breaking her heart. Give her a little time, Chester. She, she'll be all right.
0: Don't move her finger, either one of you. Well...
5: Well, you're mighty careless with that rifle, Ben.
6: Now get smart with me, Marshal. I know what I'm doing.
5: And what would that be?
6: I heard you in there. Heard you promise to take Tara away. I was right by the window. I heard it all.
5: You got a curious way of courting a girl, Ben, trying to kill her father.
6: Yeah, and I saw you yesterday looking at that saddle, but I didn't kill him, Marshal. You did. That's a lie, Ben Walling, and you, you know it. I won't shut up. If we'd have just got here sooner, Mr. Dillon would have saved him, that's all. Mm-hmm. It was too bad you got here at all. Because you're gonna die for it. Both of
5: you. Put the gun down, Ben. You're under arrest for attempted murder.
4: You stay right where you are, Marshal.
5: You know, I have an idea you've smelled powder before, Ben, and that you're afraid of it.
0: Marshal?
5: I've an idea that's why you tried to get Hantry like you did instead of facing it. Stop, him. sir. And right now you wish you didn't have that rifle at all, don't you, Ben? Because I might have to shoot you. No. All right, huh? No, don't,
6: Marshal. Give me. <laughs> You all right, Mr. Dillon?
5: He didn't even try, Chester. Rifle went off when I knocked it aside. That's all he was scared to death.
6: Well, I I didn't feel exactly comfortable.
5: Well, tie him up and keep an eye on him. I'll go see Tara. Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. Late that evening, we buried Hantry out on the prairie, out in back of the little homestead. They would die now, too and fall apart without him. The next morning, we loaded everything we could get into the wagon. With Tara beside me, we started out for Dodge. Ben Wallen never said a word. Chester led his horse, and they rode along ahead of us. I had plenty of time to tell Tara all about Dodge and how there were some good people there and how we'd find her a home and family sat there, tight-lipped. She didn't say much. But she never once looked back.
4: Gunsmoke, transcribed under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were John Daner, Sammy Hill, and Larry Dobkin. Parley Bear is Chester. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. In case you didn't know, Jack Benny and his gang begin their new season tomorrow night Jack, Mary, Don, Dennis, and Rochester welcome a new member to the team The head man of CBS Radio's Club 15 show, Bob Crosby Roy Rowan speaking Remember the top dramatic show of them all, the Lux Radio Theater is heard Monday nights on the CBS Radio Network
5: Morning, Mr. Bummy.
8: Uh,
5: oh, hello, Marshal. <laughs> uh, oh.
0: mm-hmm.
8: mm-hmm.
0: Morning, Mr. Dillon. Morning, Sam. Is uh
6: Kitty around? Oh, don't know. She's up yet, but if she is, she ought to be down soon. <laughs>
5: well, I'll wait.
0: Nippy this morning. Uh, oh,
5: feels good. It's a nice time of year, huh?
0: Uh, I don't know. I I kind of like spring myself. Uh, Sam. You better wash that glass over. Huh? Hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, can I get you something? Beer, maybe? Uh, got any coffee? Sure, just made a pot. Oh, that will be fine. Her something pretty, man. <laughs> you got a
7: pretty voice.
5: Oh, is. Good enough for calling hogs, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you just got up
9: a while ago. Why?
0: Why? Just strikes me I haven't seen you close to early like this.
9: Uh
8: huh.
5: No, no, I, I, you look fine. I I, oh, I mean, I mean that you. You better quit by your head.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. It's... Where's Sam? Oh, he's bringing in coffee.
7: Oh, Sam,
9: cup for me, please.
0: Sure, Miss Kitty.
9: What's your occasion, Matt?
0: Uh. Kitty? Um, there's a party tomorrow night. A dance. It's a benefit for the new school down at the hall, you know? <laughs> and, uh, ever fellows to bring a girl. Y- you know? <laughs> it happens at dances. Go on. Well, uh, what I'm trying to. Will you go? Uh, with me? I'd kind of like to, Matt, but. No, thanks. Oh. Well, I got to work here, you know that.
7: Besides... Well, you ought
0: to be able to get off.
7: Well, even if I could, ladies might not take kindly to it, madam. Not rightly polite society. Ah,
5: what do you care about?
7: Well, thanks anyway, ma'am. Ah, that smells wonderful. Sammy, I think I'll marry you. (laughs) Me?
0: (laughs) Shotsy. Me? Oh, (laughs) shucks. Uh, listen, Kitty, about the dance, I've already bought
7: the tickets. You're sweet, Matt, and I I thank you kindly for thinking of me, but
0: uh, you better ask someone else. Well, it it isn't... Sam, will will you go and polish up your glasses, please? Hmm? Oh, sure, Mr. Dillon, sure. Mm -hmm.
5: Now, look, Kitty, I'm asking you to go with me. Well, it's important to me that you go.
7: Are you making love to me, Mac? at this hour in the morning? No, no, I, I
5: mean it. I I want you to go to the dance.
7: You want to be embarrassed. You want everyone to stare at us. You know what they'll say? My, my, the Marshal really should have better sense than to bring that woman here. It ain't decent. It ain't oh, proper.
0: Oh, okay. kid.
7: Well, it's true.
0: <laughs> I'm a hostess at the Texas Trail, a saloon. You know what they think about me. Well, uh, will you go, Kitty? No. I'll call by for you at 7, huh?
9: I'll drink a bottle
7: of whiskey and clout some old biddy on the head. Then you'll be sorry. Oh, Kitty. I haven't got anything to wear, Matt. I can't wear my working clothes. You look
5: just fine, like you are, Kitty. Just fine, just like
0: you are. Marshall. Yeah. I shouldn't, but I
9: guess I'll go to the dance with you. I'll be ready at seven.
5: How do you talk about a woman like Kitty? The color of her hair, eyes, the shape of her legs, the way she spoke, thought. Well, that's a picture you had to get by looking and hearing, otherwise you're... You'd never know it. And I felt real good about taking Kitty to the party. The first time we'd really be out in company. And I liked the idea.
0: Oh. Morning, Mr. Dillon. Good morning, Chester. Nice day. What is that? That, Mr. Dillon? Yeah, all over my desk. That ink.
6: Yes, sir, I know. I was just cleaning it up, Mr. Dillon. Seems like a big blue-bottle fly, last of his kind this fall, I guess. Big, blue-bottle fly was a-setting on your desk, Mr.
5: Dillon. Oh, you're slopping it all over the floor, Chester.
6: Yes, sir, I see it. That lazy, blue-bottle fly was a-stomping all over your desk, Mr. Dillon, and I took a whack at him with a paper I happened to have in my hand, and I got him.
5: Well, thanks a lot.
6: Well, that's all right, Mr. Dillon. If there's anything in this world I hate, it's a big, maggoty blue bottle Yeah, flight. yeah, yeah, I know,
5: Chester. Does uh, the mail come in yet? Yes,
0: sir. A couple of minutes ago, it's right over there. Oh,
5: okay.
0: Uh,
6: there. I think that should do it, Mr. Dillon. All right, Chester. Anything likely in the mail, Mr. Dillon?
5: No, no. Uh, look, Chester, uh, we better get these government circulars posted
6: Would you do that for me? Yes, sir, I'll do that. Uh, Say, Mr. Dillon?
5: Yeah, what is it, Chester?
6: About the dance tomorrow. Now, what about it? Well, you're going, aren't you, sir? Doc's going. (laughs) He's taking Ms. McNish. I'm going. Everybody's going. You are going, aren't you, Mr. Dillon? Yeah, I'm going. Don't Don't seem right, a man here standing not to go to a big social like we're... You are? Yes. Well that's fine. Just fine. Uh, Doc and, and me we were talking and it just didn't seem right to us that a man like you didn't have no real
0: nice sweet girl to escort to a big social. I got one, Chester. A real nice sweet girl. I'm taking Kitty. Miss Kitty? I asked her before I came down and she accepted. Well that's good, Miss Kitty. I'm that's right, Chester. Uh
5: I uh, got to get a couple of letters off to Washington, Chester. You you want to go and see about posting those circulars, huh?
0: Yes, Mr. Dillon. Ah, fine.
1: <laughs>
0: Mr. Dillon? Oh, what is it, Chester?
6: Well, Mr. Dillon, it
0: it ain't none of my business, and I, I did not have no right to say it. Say what? Well, sir, I... I... Yeah? I was wondering if I might borrow one of them fancy ties off you for the party. That's not your business? That's what you haven't got any right to say? Yes, sir. No, that's. Right. You're a liar, Chester. But you can borrow a tie. I thank you kindly, Mr. Dillon.
5: You work for a long time with a man. And you share a lot of life and a lot of death. And after a while, you, you know him even better than yourself. Well, that's the way it is with... Chester with me. Now, he had something on his mind, and I figured after a while he'd get it off. Well, the morning went, and it was almost noon when Chester came back.
6: Gonna go have some dinner, Mr. Dillon?
5: Yeah, I think I will. How about you? Hungry as a raggle-bone possum. (laughs) Did you get the posters up? Yes, sir. Well, okay, let's
0: go. Uh, Mr. Dillon? Yeah? I guess there's something you ought to know, sir. There's Talk. All right, Chester, come on, get it out. It's all over town.
6: About you taking Miss Kitty to the dance tomorrow night.
0: What do you mean, all over town?
5: I only asked her this morning.
6: Yes, sir, I know. Best I can figure, Sam over at the Texas Trail must heard you and let it slip. There's been a mighty fierce mess of gum clobbering up
0: and down. All over. All right. Uh, Thanks for telling me, Chester. It ain't none of my business. Yeah, I know, you said that before. Yes, sir. I surely did. Well, let's go get something to eat.
5: It's hard to tell about people. Maybe it's hard to tell about yourself because you come under that same heading, people. And when they're mean and small, there's not an animal to touch them. Chester and I walked down the street and it didn't take long to hear and see what was going on. Some of the drifters leaning against the wall on the corner came right out with it.
2: Morning, Marshal. I understand there's a uh, gal has got herself a
0: new boat. What did you say? <laughs> Maybe you ought to look into it, Marshal. Folks are being downright rude. Mister, you're going to... Come on, Chester. <laughs>
6: Ought to haul him in. everyone. Yeah. What are you going to charge him with? Pestilence, Mr. Dillon. Just plain Pestilence. <laughs>
5: I knew better what Kitty had meant about the ladies of the town when a couple came out of Olivet's dry goods store.
9: They
5: didn't see me until it was um,
9: too Mr. late. I'm to the bank, Smith. It's indecent, that's what it is, why she's common. Nothing but a common saloon woman. What's this city coming to when a United States
0: Marshal... Ooh. Morning, Miss Sprinkle. Uh... Mm. Mm.
5: When a man's born, they, they say he's blessed or cursed with a lot of things already in him. Take pride, for instance. Sometimes pride can be a curse. Well, maybe I had more in my share. Maybe it would have been a sight kinder if I'd not taken Kitty to the dance. But I did. <laughs>
4: We will return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, this hint for weekend driving. Whatever you do, be moderate. Be obedient to all traffic laws. Be careful. Use your head and don't take chances. Now for the second act of Gunsmoke. (laughs) Smoke.
5: I picked up Kitty at the Texas Trail at 7 the next evening. She was waiting by the side door, and when I saw her, she kind of moved back in the shadows, almost as though she was ashamed for me to see her. Hi.
7: Hello, Matt.
5: Are you all set?
7: Well, I guess so. Matt, are you sure? Hey, you?
5: Kitty, you look fine. Hey, you look just fine. <laughs> Do you like it? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. we walked along the street down to the hall and I, I kept looking at her like like I say you know you, you, you had to know this kitty to understand what I mean and even then you get a surprise she was like a 17 year old on her first date and she was like all the women you'd ever known and loved soft and innocent and something else something that's female and you can't figure out what Something that makes you drunk without a drink inside you. It was snowing a little, and the flakes caught in her hair and melted into the black of her velvet cloak. And just before we went in, I looked at her again. And I didn't care. I I was proud she was with me.
9: Oh evening, Marshal Dillon.
5: Evening, Miss Murphy. Uh, you know Miss Russell?
9: I do. You have your tickets, Marshal Dillon?
5: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, here we are.
9: Fine. Go right in,
7: won't you? Oh, sure. Oh, uh, excuse me, Mrs. Murphan. Is, is there somewhere I can put my cloak? Oh, uh, uh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, the ladies' reception room is right through there. I I didn't catch the name. Catherine Russell, ma'am. Excuse me, ma'am. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll wait for you. Thanks.
8: You. you better...
5: I could see them through the big open doors in the hall. They were all there, faces flushed, smiling, happy, dancing. And all the women seemed pretty and the men handsome. And Chester was up on the platform calling the dance, and Doc was fiddling. And I was waiting for my dancing partner, Miss Kitty Russell.
8: Now run away home and clean your own and leave my buffalo gal alone.
5: What took you so long?
7: I'm sorry, Matt. I had a skirmish with one of the genteel females in there.
5: Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, what is
7: she? You know, I get the idea. I'm not welcome around here. Uh, uh,
5: let's go in and get some punch, huh? Sure. How are you, John? Oh, that's a nice dress, Kitty.
7: Well, I haven't worn it since a few years back in New Orleans.
5: Hey,
8: Marshall. <laughs> oh, Miss Kitty. It's Well, how are
5: you? Oh,
4: fine, Doc. Hello,
6: Doc. (laughs) I see. Say, we got a bottle of whiskey outside. You care to join us? Oh, this punch! (laughs) Uh,
5: Not right now, thank you. Oh, well, hey,
6: Miss Kitty, I saw you come in. Best looking woman in
9: here. Oh, there's lots of scratching going on. Thank you, Doc.
6: If you see Mrs. Magnish, don't tell her where I am, will you? Man gets kind of
5: dry fiddling. Oh,
9: I've been so long. So long, Doc. Uh, Kitty? I guess so. Uh,
5: Mr. Sprinkle, have you met Miss Catherine Russell? Uh, no, no, I'm afraid I haven't.
7: You got a short memory, Mr. Sprinkle? Huh? I could have swore it was you in the Texas Trail a couple of weeks back. Drunker in a hoot owl. Don't you remember I had to slap your face?
6: I I think...
9: Edward! uh, Edward! Yes, dear? You let somebody else take care of the punch. I want you to come with me. Oh, Lord. I mean,
5: I I promise. I'm I'm on the committee. Even, Miss Sprinkle.
9: I have no wish to speak to you, Marshal Dillon, or this woman you brought with you. I will not have my husband serving such people.
5: Aren't you being a trifle bad-mannered,
0: Miss Sprinkle?
9: How dare you say that? Well, aren't you? I suggest that you leave, Marshal. You're not wanted here. Not with that
0: woman you've seen fit to bring. Come on, Matt. I want to go. No. This is a public dance, Miss Sprinkle. Right now, you're trying to make it private. If you can't behave like a lady, I'll
5: thank you to leave this lady's presence.
0: What? Now, see here, Marshal. You
4: can't
5: talk like that to my wife.
4: Hey, Kitty! What
7: do you say, Kitty?
5: Matt, I I want to go. We're not going anywhere. We're staying.
7: Uh, How about some music? All right right now, folks. It'll be a walk this time.
5: Thanks for the punch, Mr. Sprinkle. Come on, Kitty.
7: I warned you, man. Now... Please, will you take me out of here before something happens? Nothing's
5: going to happen, Kitty. You and me are going to dance. Have a good time. That's all. You're
7: acting like a kid. Matt, it won't work. I've seen this kind of thing before.
5: May I have this dance, Miss Kitty? Please,
7: Matt. You're being pig-headed and you know it. Let's get out.
5: You are refusing me, Miss Kitty?
7: Oh, Matt.
5: Danced, but it wasn't what I hoped it would be. Kitty closed her eyes. I guess she was trying to blot it out. But I could see the other couples looking, whispering, and one by one dropping away over into a small group that got larger. There were only about six of us left when the waltz ended. That's when the stranger and a couple of his pals walked out onto the floor. They were drifters, probably been in town for a week. And they were having their fun before they moved on.
2: Marshal, I got a painful duty. Yeah? The folks in this town seem real upset about you bringing that mm, woman in here. What's your name? Oh, I'm just a fella. I kind of made myself and my friends here a committee of three, seeing how everything's done by committees here. And we... (laughs) Yeah, we figured it would be best if you take your friend home. Mister, I'm the marshal in dark city, and I... I'm leaving. You're staying here, Kitty. She's smarter than you, marshal. Everything all right? Everything's fine,
0: Chester.
2: This ain't a matter of law, you know, marshal. It's decency and and what's right. On marshal, this
0: ain't right. Mister? I'm taking this badge off. Chester, you stay here with Kitty. Matt, don't you do it. Now, come Matt. on outside. You. We're going to talk some more about this
2: out there. Ah, oh, it's cold outside. Now, you be a good fella and get out of where you ain't wanted. You know I won't hit you in here, don't you? Were you thinking of doing that, Marshal? Now, that ain't lawful. I ain't done nothing. Kitty. kidding. Kitty, wait. Now, now there's a gal with sin. All right,
0: mister.
5: Now, I'm telling you, you and your pals are going to have to come out sooner or later. And when you do, you better start hightailing it out of Dodge before I catch up with you.
2: We'll think of that. We sure will. (laughs) Marshal.
5: Just three no-good drifters hating the law, finding pleasure in trouble. Kitty had gone, and I went out into the street. It had stopped snowing. Just cold. Much colder. I went up to the Texas Trail. There was only two people in there.
0: Some guy, dead drunk on a table, and someone else standing at the bar. Looking into the mirror at me. Well, um, what do you have, Mr. Dillon? Nothing, sir. Yeah. Well, uh, I got some things to do in the back. Give me a call if anyone comes in, will you? Yeah, I'm. I'm. So, I'm sorry, kid. Oh, I'm sorry. That's I'm bad. bad. No oh, it's all right. Sure. It's I'm so mad. I I could. Yeah, I know. I should have known better. No, it, it was me, not you. No, I wasn't that either. It was all those polite ladies and gentlemen. Give me a crutch Yeah. Here. It's been a long time since I tried. Yeah, It wasn't...
7: Much for me. For you. I, want, I wanted to cry right there in the hall, watching you and knowing there was nothing you could do.
0: Nice mess of people we got in Dodge.
7: No, it's not them, Matt. It's me. I've run into this before. The only difference was I didn't have you
0: around. I wanted it to be right tonight because of you. A lot of narrow minded prayer spouting. Yeah. They hurt your pride, didn't they? No. No, it, it wasn't that. No? No, I... I wanted you to go with me. That made me real happy. But maybe we're different, Matt. You and me figure life different to them. That's not their fault. There's a
7: lot of folks there I know. I, I smile at them on the street. They talk to me. But tonight, well, that was different. I made him uncomfortable,
5: yeah, well, I didn't do a bad job with you. Oh, well,
7: you can't look at it that way, and you can't go fighting the whole town either. There's
5: three fellows going to get hurt.
7: No, I don't want you to do
0: do that Matt just let it go, let it go, Matt. They don't mean nothing. You know what means something to me what. That you asked me to go to the dance with you. I knew what was going to happen, but it was worth the chance. I thank you for it, man. You're a funny one. Am I? <laughs> But you sure showed them up, those women.
5: <laughs> the way you look.
7: Well, I'm glad. <laughs> you know, you look pretty fine yourself.
5: Sam. Yeah? Uh, You got any
0: champagne, Sam? What? Have I got any what? Champagne. Oh, well, yeah. I guess maybe. A bottle or two? Yeah, maybe. Sure. Well, break it out. All right.
5: miss kitty i think the next dance is mine
9: oh matt i'd be real
7: pleased mr dillon
4: Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by Anthony Ellis, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were John Daner, Vivi Janis, Bob Sweeney, Lawrence Dobkin, and Mary Lansing. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNair is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Gunsmoke is heard by our troops overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gun Smoke. Don't miss Robert Trout and his timely roundup of world news tomorrow on most of these same CBS radio stations. Roy Rowan speaking. And remember, Amos and Andy are here every Sunday on the CBS Radio Network.
5: It was over a hundred miles back to Dodge, but I figured I could make it easy in a day and a half. I'd been in Hayes City as a government witness in a murder trial, and I was anxious to get back. So I rode out of Hayes one morning a couple of hours before light. The ground was clear as snow, but it was midwinter, and it was sharp cold. When the day came, there was no sun, only dark gray sky drilled by a high, cold, searching wind. The air was as thin as I could ever remember it being. And behind me in the north lay a great slab of blackness. When I saw that, I should have turned back, for the wind stood out of the north, too. And sooner or later, it would drive that black slab right down on top of me. This was blizzard weather. The kind of weather that kills the land and everything on it. I don't know why I went on. Maybe because of the wind. You know, a high wind will distemper a man make him drunk-like. Anyway, I didn't turn back. And about noon, the sky began to turn white with snow, and I could smell a touch of moisture in the air. And finally it came, the sleet, shrilling in on the wind like small buckshot as the blizzard howled on the prairie. I couldn't look right or left without being stung blind, but as long as I kept the wind on my back, I knew I was headed south two hours of this and I could feel my uh, horse slowing down and weakening under me my own body stiffened with the cold men died when they got caught in a thing like this they died easy another hour passed and my horse was carrying his head close to the ground I figured he'd stumble soon so I kicked my feet out of the stirrups and braced myself against the horn by now the wind had really gotten into me And when I saw the blur of a ranch house up ahead, I thought maybe it was a trick. But a few minutes later, we rounded a corner of the place and stood at last in the lee of the storm. I slid down and got up to the door and pounded on it. And I waited. Then I pounded again. Then the door came open and the figure stood in the light.
2: Who are you? Bring him in, Alvy. Any men out in that weather's been made harmless.
6: Get inside.
2: Out of the way, Alvy, you fool. All right, stranger, hands in the air. Hi. That's better. Unload him, Alvie.
6: Nice gun, Hack. Real nice gun
2: Shut up Now take him down, stranger You can come up to this stove now But don't try nothing I'll cut you in half with buckshot
5: He was a burly man with flushed cheeks And a wild red beard And a great shock of red hair Even his hands and fingers bristled with it He sat on a stool by the stove A shotgun across his knees And his eyes never left me The other one, Alvy, had a body of an underfed boy, but he was completely bald, and his skin was tight and dry. He looked like a naked skull, and his eyes, well, something had touched Alvy.
2: You look half-froze, stranger. You must have wanted something real bad to go out in weather like this.
6: I never saw him around here before, Hack.
2: He's a stranger, Alvy. He
6: don't belong around here. Of course, we don't know anybody, but I've I, I seen
2: a few and i never seen him before. Maybe he's seen you, Alvy, somewhere. Not me. He, he never saw me nowhere. How do you know that?
6: Maybe he was just looking for some cows and
2: got lost in a storm. You're just a kid, Alvy. I always said you don't know much. Bell! Bell, get on out here.
5: She was a pretty girl, but with a dark, half-wild look that I'd never seen before in a woman. Her eyes jumped from man to man and then came to rest on me, fixed and curious. And then after a moment, she looked away and moved into a chair across the room.
2: Supper ready, Bell? It's awful cold out. You recognize him, Bell? You ever see him before?
9: Nope.
2: You're sure now? Maybe Hayes City. Maybe you saw him up there sometime. I don't know him. You're sure? Yes. If you're lying to me, you know what I'll do to I you.
9: never saw him before.
2: He come in here half-froze, right, right out of the blizzard. Must have been looking for some cows and got lost. Shut up, Albie. We don't know what he's doing here, Belle.
9: Why shouldn't a man get out of the storm? Even in here.
2: That's enough. All right, stranger, we never saw you before. We don't know who you are. And as soon as I think you're lying, I'm going to blow a big hole in you. What about my horse? I'd like to put him in the barn if you've got one. Albie? Oh, now, Hack, I ain't going out there. I'd freeze. And the horse will freeze if you don't. It's his horse. We might need it. Go on, Alvy, before I get cross.
6: All right, I'll go. I don't know why a horse is so important.
2: Helvie's a good boy. He'll put your horse up. Thank you.
9: Supper's about ready.
2: Leave it. I want to talk to our friend here first. Maybe we won't have to feed him.
9: Potatoes will get mealy.
2: They better not, that's all. I'm right curious about you, mister. I've noticed that. I'll blow your guts all over the wall. You make fun of me. Don't get me mad, mister. I got the shotgun.
9: The meat will be boiled to shreds if we don't eat soon.
2: You just won't understand any other way, will you, Belle? What is it you want to know about me? (laughs) I can tell, mister, I can handle you easy now. What do you mean? All I got to do is wallop the girl and you'll talk. I don't have to do nothing to you. All right, if I take my jacket off. I've warmed up now. I mind. You might have a gun hit out in there.
9: He can raise his hands. I'll unbutton it.
2: Well now that's right smart of you, Bell.
0: Oh I'll hide it. No, leave it be. Bell
2: Come over here, Bell. Drop the jacket, Bell. Now hold out your other hand. Open it, Bell. Open your hand. That's real bad what you did, Bell. Real bad. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put you outside for a spell out in the weather. After supper, after you've cleaned up supper, you can be thinking about it till then. United States Marshal. You're in bad company, Marshal. You shouldn't have come here. Oh? It looks to me like I sort of struck gold coming here. Now, why do you talk like that, Marshal? I still got the shot.
1: <gasps> <gasps> Let me get that stole.
2: <sighs> Seems like it's getting colder and colder. You didn't see sign of nobody outside, did you, Alvi? What? Who? Somebody might have come along to cover the marshal here, It's all. Marshal? What, what, what marshal? Me. I'm a marshal, Alvy. Shoot him, Hack. Shoot him. Shut up and answer me. Was there sign of another horse footprints, anything like that? Ah. Oh. I didn't see nothing. Maybe you didn't look. Would I have walked in here the way I did if I'd been after you people? Maybe your head got muddled with the cold. Where'd you ride from, marshal? Hay city. Left there this morning. <laughs> It was a fool thing to do with a blizzard coming up. Maybe. Did you think you could get the jump on us easier in a storm? Was that it, Marshal?
6: Yeah. You knew we'd be trying to keep cozy in here.
2: I'm curious, Hack. What are
5: you and Alvy on the run for? Don't you tell him, Hack. I don't trust him at all.
2: (laughs) Alvy, it'd be mighty dull without you, boy.
6: (laughs)
8: Don't laugh at me, Hack. Now stop it. (laughs) Stop it.
6: I don't like laughing. You know that, Hack. And don't you do it no more.
2: I got ways. Yeah, I seen you and your ways. But don't try them on me, Alvy. Maybe I won't. Look, Alvy, now you don't understand. It's all right to tell the marshal about us. He ain't going nowhere. No? No, of course not. We'll kill him, Alvy. We'll kill him and bury him somewhere. Oh, sure.
6: Now, now, why didn't I think of that?
2: Because I do the thinking for us, Alvy, that's why. Now, uh, what was it you like to know, Marshal? Stop playing games, Hack. Me and Alvy are wanted for murder. Up in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Seems a mite unfair, though. We didn't aim to kill nobody. It just happened that way.
6: We was robbing a bank.
2: Yeah, and a couple of the people there wouldn't do what we told them, so Alvy used his knife on one, but it just made the man holler. You could hear him all over town. And we had to shoot our way out after that. Must have killed three or four people. I know. I killed two. Worst of it was, Marshal, all we wanted just then was some money. We didn't care about killing anybody. But you know how it is, Marshal, when you're robbing a bank and all. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Now, I don't suppose you do it that. Anyway, we're wanted for murder, and we didn't even get any money.
6: Nary a dollar.
2: So we rode out here and lighted for a spell. I see.
5: What about Belle? And whose place is this, anyway?
9: My place, now that Pa's gone.
5: You mean you were living here alone? No. They killed your Pa, is that it?
9: Yes. How long ago? I don't know. Maybe a month.
2: Yeah, it's been about a month, hasn't it, Alvy?
9: 35 days.
2: There, you see. Alvy always knows just how long everything's been. Now that's fine. Tell me, what'd you do with him? Who? The old man. Oh, we, we buried him out back. We <laughs> couldn't afford a funeral, <laughs> could we, Alvy? Hack. Hack, Hack, we told him that... Now let's shoot him. No, no, I've been thinking it over. People in Hayes City know he started for Dodge, and when he don't show up, they might come looking for him. But you, you said we'd bury him, Hack. That's what you said. Yeah, that's right, but we can't bury his horse, too. Not in this ground. It's froze solid. And if we turn the horse loose and they find it and can't find the Marshal's body, then they'll suspect something.
5: You're pretty smart, Hack. Too bad you don't know enough to stop killing people.
2: Too bad for you, anyway.
6: Well, what are we going to do, Hack? I- I'm
2: getting hungry.
9: That supper won't be fit to eat again. Shut
2: up! One more word out of you, Bella, and I'll whoop you good. Come on, Hack, I'm really hungry. No, no, li- listen to me, Elvie. Now, my idea is to knock the marshal on the head and throw him outside to freeze. Now, he'll keep real good that way. And when the storm breaks, we can carry him off 20 miles or so and dump him on the ground. Look like he got throwed and hit his head and froze that's
6: fine, Hack. That's just fine.
2: Then we'll break his horse's leg, make it easier for them to find him. You just don't care about anything, do you, Hack? Just me. Sometimes, Alvy. Sure. But me and Hack are, are friends, ain't we, Hack? Of course, if it don't want snowing, we'll have to think of something else. Can't leave tracks for them to follow back there.
6: Oh, Hack, ain't we gonna kill him now? Well,
2: sure, sure we are, Alvy. I didn't mean that.
6: Let me hit him, huh? You keep the gun on him, and I'll get up behind and hit him. There was
5: a Brandon iron
6: around here somewhere. I'll hit him with that.
5: Hack, you sunk pretty far, but I'm sort of wondering just how far. What do you mean? I'm wondering if you're low enough to kill a man before he's been fed.
6: Here. Here it is, Hack. Here, see? I found it.
2: Leave it be, Alvie. We're going to eat first.
4: We will return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment, but first... This Sunday night, Lionel Barrymore is your host and Joseph Cotton the star on Sunday Night Playhouse's gripping historic drama based on the life of Peter Marshall. Hear how a Scottish immigrant lad rose to the position of chaplain of the United States Senate. A story you'll agree is far more fascinating than fiction. Remember, it's tomorrow night when Lionel Barrymore introduces another Sunday Night Playhouse on most of these same CBS radio stations. Now for the second act of Gun Smoke.
5: It was only five in the afternoon, but the blizzard had darkened the land, and its blackness showed in at the windows. Here and there along the walls of the ranch house, tricklets of snow blew in through the warped timber. In the kitchen, Hank sat directly behind me while I ate. Later changed places with Alvy and fed himself heartily, as though he had nothing at all on his mind. Hank was just a nerveless brute, born with no conscience at all. His intelligence was the instinct of an animal that snapped at or killed whatever got in its way of survival. Every living thing was his enemy. And Alvy? Well, there was no way to figure Alvy. Too much of him was missing. My only chance lay on the girl, Belle, even though Hack had pretty well beaten all resistance out of her. Supper was over soon enough, but Hack seemed in no
2: particular hurry to get on with his plans. I've eaten better food on the trail, Nat.
9: Can't blame me for
2: it. Now, get it cleaned up, Belle. You can talk your head off when you're outside alone. And you're going outside. I'll learn you to heal if I have to break your neck.
6: No, don't do that, Hack. Not till we're ready to pull out, anyway. Why? Well, I ain't gonna do the cooking.
2: Well, I hope not. I've eaten your cooking.
6: My sister was a good cook.
2: Yeah, we should have brought her along, Albie. No. (laughs) No. I don't like her. Where are you from, anyway? Which, me or i Well, you, to start with. Wyoming, place called Crowheart. I didn't stay there long, though. What about you, Alvie? Now, where were you born, Alvy? I never did know. Republican River. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. That's not a place, you fool. Well, that's what they told me.
6: Republican River. They always lived in a wagon, my Ma and Pa. They had a lot of kids, too. Of course, most of them died. I'm about the only one that made out any good at all.
2: And you did fine. I'll be fine. Uh, uh, give me the shotgun. All right, Marshal, let's get back by the stove while Bell cleans this mess up. Shall we hit him and... Throw
6: him out to freeze up now, Hack?
2: Not yet. I want to punish Bell first.
5: You know, someday you're going to get caught without that shotgun, Hack. Somebody's going to
2: tear you apart. That's fair enough, Marshal. Give me a fair chance at you then, huh? Bare-handed? No. Oh, you're bigger than I am, Hack. Might be fun for you. I don't know nothing about fun. I ain't going to kill you because it's fun.
6: Oh, come on, Hack. I want to go to bed. Bell!
2: Bell, come out here. Get outside like I told you. And don't open that door so wide you'll blow the lamp out.
5: Bell had walked through the room and out the door without a glance at any of us. I figured she'd go down to the barn where she'd be all right for a little while anyway. But I knew I'd have to make a move soon. I sure wasn't going to sit there like a fall hog and let Alvy knock me in the head whenever he got ready. But it didn't take much more sense to try to jump Hack and that shotgun. And let him blow me all over the place. It was a beggar's choice and the more I thought about it, the matter I got.
6: Heck, I'm sleepy. I'm going to hit him and go to bed. You can do what you want after, but I ain't staying up all night.
2: Alvy's got his mind made up, Marshal, I can tell. Just what do you call his mind, Heck?
5: I got ways
2: to fix you, Marshal. Never mind, Alvy. Wrap something around that iron, otherwise it won't look like he hit his head on a rock. What difference it makes? Do what I say, Albie. All right, Hacky.
6: Here, I'll use this curtain.
2: Now, keep your eyes on me, Marshal. Alvie moved around
5: behind me and was getting a good grip on his brand and iron. I leaned slightly forward in the chair and was tensed and waiting for the split second when my instinct had told me to jump. And then suddenly the door was flung wide open and the wind roared in, almost lifting the room as it came. The lamp flared and then went out as I plunged sideways from the chair.
2: Ah! Didn't you hit him, Albie? Didn't you hit him? Ah, You bloody fool. Don't you try nothing, Marshal. I got some more shells right here. Don't you move now.
5: I crawled across the room and was off the door before Hack could reload. In the snow outside, I stood up and turned to find Belle waiting by the side of the door, a pitchfork in her hand. I couldn't see her face very well in the dark, but I could tell she was shaking with cold. I reached out and took the fork from her and then flattened myself against the wall and waited.
9: I was afraid it was you he shot.
5: That was a smart trick, Bell. throwing the door open that way.
9: He shot Alvy, didn't he? Yeah. Good.
5: I think he's found out I'm not in there. What are you can do. Wait.
2: Marshal! Marshal! I'm going to kill you and the girl both now.
5: I waited, praying he'd come through the door before my hands got too cold to hold the pitchfork. And finally the barrel of the shotgun appeared waist high and began to poke its way around in our direction. It was stupid of him, but the man behind a gun often gets a false sense of power. I let him shove it out three or four inches, and then i Slammed down on... Then I jumped into the room. Axe tried to club me with a gun, but he missed it. And I got in under him with a fork and lifted him off his feet. And he struggled for a moment like a spear fish, and then went limp. And I let him fall. One of the prongs had reached his heart.
9: Did you... Get him, Marshal. Is he dead?
5: Yeah.
0: i light the lamp.
9: I can't do it, Marshal. My fingers are too stiff. Here,
0: I'll, I'll do it.
8: There. There.
5: Yeah. Quite a mess in here. Why don't you wait in the kitchen, Belle?
9: I'm all right, Marshal. But I can't help you much till I get warmed up some.
5: Well, then you stay by the stove, huh? I'll lug these people outside.
9: Thank you, Marshal. Marshal? Marshal Dillon.
0: What? Oh. Morning, Bell.
9: Come on out in the kitchen, Marshal. It's warm there and I got some hot coffee
5: waiting. Uh, that sounds good. Uh, say, it looks like the storm's lifted.
9: It has. The wind's gone, but it's mighty cold out.
5: Well, I don't mind the cold. It's that wind that breaks a man
9: down. There. Get some of that in
0: you. You make mighty good coffee, (laughs) Bell.
9: Tell me something, Marshal. Hmm? Tell me the truth now.
0: Oh, sure, Bell. What is it? Are you married? I'd make a poor husband, Bell, for any woman. Why? Well, in my profession, it's it's too chancy.
9: Thank you, Marshal. Thanks for putting it that way.
0: Now, Belle, I, I didn't mean...
9: Forget that, it. But... I'm leaving this place, Marshal.
0: What? As
9: soon as you go, I've packed what I need and I'm clearing off. Where'll you go? I got three horses, I'll ride up to Hayes City and sell them. Then what? I'll buy some pretty clothes, and I'll find a place. Won't be hard after this.
0: I, uh, I wish I could help you, Belle. You have. Oh, but I mean... Uh... I can
9: take care of myself, Marshal. I just want to get away from here, that's all.
0: Sure.
5: Uh, I'll stop at the nearest ranch and tell the men to come over here and take care of Hack and Alfie as soon
0: as it warms up.
9: Whatever you like, Marshal.
0: <clears throat> well... Goodbye, Bell.
9: Goodbye, Marshal. Look me up in Hayes City next time you're there.
0: Sure. Sure, I will. But... Uh, Belle, don't let all this make you bitter... There are a lot of good men in the world.
9: So they say.
0: So long, Marshal. I, uh... So long, Bill.
5: (laughs) A few minutes later, I'd saddled up and was on the trail to Dodge. The sky was low and a slate gray all over, but there was no wind. The blizzard had gone, leaving the land still and white and bitter cold. There wasn't a sign of life anywhere. It was like riding through a vast tomb. I found myself feeling like a trespasser as though something had gone wrong. And I wasn't supposed to be there at all.
4: Gunsmoke. Under the direction of Norman MacDonald stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were John Daner as Hack, Harry Bartell as Elvie, and Vivi Janice as Belle. Gunsmoke is heard by our troops overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week. As Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke.
1: Have a good evening, and come back again next week.
5: This has been Bill Holwig from West Texas for Broken Sea Audio Productions.
1: www.brokensea.com Good evening. Good evening. The music for tonight's episode was composed by Brian of Seraphic Panoply and Stevie Farnaby.
3: In 1963, Pierre Boulle's book La Planète des Sanges, known in English as Planet of the Apes, was published. In 1968, 20th Century Fox released Planet of the Apes as a major motion picture, creating a worldwide sensation that continues to this day. In 1975, Mike McCarthy, Tom McCabe, Michael A. Caulfield, and Bill Kenwright brought Planet of the Apes to stages in the United Kingdom. The history and script of which was preserved by Rich Handley of Hasline Books, Simeon Scrolls Magazine, and the Planet of the Apes Wikia site. In 2013, Broken Sea Audio, in arrangement with playwright Mike McCarthy, brings you the official audio drama adaptation of the UK stage production of Planet of the Apes. Don't move, human! Okay, okay, my hands are up! Silence, beast! Human, what do you want here? We are friends. We come in peace. Come in peace? Have they? We shall soon see about that. Put them in a cage! Yes, sir! Move, beast. What? But we came in peace! <laughs> in the cage! Human, Coming soon from Broken Sea Audio.